Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, Jets fans, and welcome back to the Jets podcast on 247sports.com as we take a look at maybe some of our picks for this Jets coaching search carousel as we'll give you our ideas who should be the top five, uh, what uh, both Christopher Johnson and uh, general manager Mike McCagney might be looking at. Along with Rick Lockland, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Rick, um, we have a plethora of uh, names that have been thrown out there. And, of course, names that, let's be honest, we didn't expect them to get fired or we didn't think the writing was on the wall so fast. And so far, the New York Jets are on the ball and they're rolling with it. Yeah, this is a very important time for the franchise, like I alluded to, Daniel. I think this is the time. The Jets can't come up with a one- or two-year plan. This is not plugging in a guy into place, let's make a run for a Super Bowl, and then we're going to clean house. This is setting up the team for future success and sustainable success for the next 10 or plus years. And you want a guy that can develop Sam Darnold. You want a guy that's going to have a commitment to the organization. I know you uh, you have had a couple thoughts on this, and actually Matthew Lindsay, a fellow 247 sports writer on the Jets page, he said that Christopher Johnson, the acting owner, has got to soften his stance as far as allowing some – control or say over personnel decisions for the coach that's hired. I mean, a guy like Mark McCarthy, he's been to the top of the NFL mountain. He has a proven track record and impressive resume. You you better believe that if there's a coach that caliber, he's going to want at least to be able to give uh, his insights and opinion on what personnel decisions should be made. So I think the Jets, they've gotten off to a good start. They've lined up interviews already. You know, uh, Adam Gaze, the former offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos and recently fired from the Miami Dolphins as head coach. He came into the building and I think he is a guy that maybe didn't get as much, uh, as much success and didn't get as much respect, I should say, as he deserved because I felt like that Dolphin team with a rotating carousel at quarterback between Ryan Tannehill being injured, Brock Osweiler, he did the most of what was a bad offensive situation in Miami. So We'll have to wait and see. I think the, de- the Jets have done their due diligence. They're conducting interviews in the right way. Now it comes down to hiring the right guy for the job and making sure he's there long-term. And, Daniel, I know we're going to get into the, the whole list of coaching candidates, but in honor of National Trivia Day, which you actually brought to my attention, I want to ask you, <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot here, but I have to ask you a Jets-related trivia question. It relates to Sam Darnold. Here we go. And Sam Darnold, his grandfather, was a standout athlete at USC – and he was also a celebrity, a well-known, uh, let's just say, a well-known person in certain commercials. Do you happen to know who Sam Darnold's grandfather was known as as a famous spokesperson for a, uh, let's just call it a consumer good brand? Let me just uh, let me just say this. I remember this very well because um, I didn't get his name unfortunately, but I remember he played basketball for uh usc so basically every you know uh the apple doesn't fall far from the tree my guess <laughs> would be and uh I-, I believe it is uh maybe the cadbury cream eggs but i could be wrong go ahead no that's a very good guess but it actually ends up being this is i didn't i didn't know this until i read up on it the marble man actor his name is Dick no isn't that phenomenal? So, I mean, you can kind of, you wow. know what, if you look at him closely and you can see how Darnold kind of has that, you know, he has that smile for the limelight. He's very picture friendly. He's friendly in front of the cameras. It runs both the athleticism 
and the show business runs in his in his gene pool. So uh, I thought that's a fun little trivia piece. I didn't know it either, so don't feel bad. No, I'm not. I mean, who would have thought that uh, Sam Darnold, this is his, his grandfather, correct? His grandfather, yep. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. As the Marlboro Man, well, what what do you know? That's interesting. That's <laughs> unbelievable. That's great. But, yeah. um, you know, the big trivia question is going to be who's going to be the next head coach of the New York Jets. As uh, as we already know, Todd Bowles, after four years, has been, uh, been f- uh, released from his duties, and now the search is on. Uh, but once again, Rick, you know, we believe, of course, we have our favorites. We have our picks to believe who should be the top five uh, coaches that uh, should be considered uh, hired or at least one of the five hired uh, to become the new head coach of the New York Jets. So let's go ahead with you first. Um, Who is your top five right now that the Jets should be looking at? All right, and I'm going to start from number five. And and look, this is not a slight to any of these coaches. This is just my own personal ranking. The number five coach I think the Jets should take a look at, and that is Eric Biniemi from the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a running back in the league. He's a, with the Kansas City Chiefs since 2013, in roles spanning from running back to offensive coordinator. What he's done with a second-year quarterback that really had limited experience last year because Alex Smith was, of course, the starter. So you're really looking at almost a true rookie in Pat Mahomes, and the guy threw for 50 touchdowns. I mean, that that alone is something that you cannot ignore. So the job he's done in Kansas City has been fantastic. The only question I have is – Again, he's a coordinator, no head coaching experience. He's really from the Andy Reid coaching tree, and you wonder how much of this offensive success is a reflection of Andy Reid's fingerprints on it, or is is Emmy actually uh, transforming the complexion of the team? So those are my two reservations I have about him. The number four coach that I really feel like the Jets should take a close look at, I know you're very high on him too, is John Harbaugh, and, and really is Jim Harbaugh, I should say, from the University of Michigan. And the only reason I rank him uh, so low is because I just feel like he is not – he feels like he has unfinished business at Michigan. Right now you have a situation, Urban Meyer leaving the Ohio State program, saying he's retiring from coaching due to health concerns. The door is wide open for Michigan, who was really on the precipice of getting a college football berth this year, to really capture – that division and try to make a run for a national championship, try to upset a guy like Nick Saban in Alabama or Dabo Sweeney in, uh, in Clemson or uh, Lincoln Riley with Oklahoma. So I really think he has unfinished business. And I think once he fulfills that, whether he gets to a college playoff, whether he wins a national championship, if that's in the next two or three years, then I think he could make the jump back to the NFL. So he's my number four coach. Number three coach, of course, again, a guy that, Everybody is familiar with Rex Ryan. I know this is going to split the fan base up. Half are going to call me crazy. Half are going to call me brilliant. But at the same time, it's hard to argue that Rex, Rex was not one of the most successful coaches in the history of the New York Jets. I mean, back-to-back AFC championship games, never been done before in the history of the franchise. A lot of people said he inherited a great team for Eric Mangini. He, he was able to coach them up and then never rebuild the roster from that point. You know, a lot of the Jets' problems they had from the 2012 season on, I felt like were really, uh, from a personnel standpoint, with Mike Tannenbaum. And Rex deserves some blame. He had a lack of discipline, locker room issues. But I felt like if he's paired with the right GM and the right offensive coordinator, uh, things could be different this time around with Rex. He's my number three coach. Number two 
of course, is the one that we're hearing the most about, and that being Mike McCarthy. I think that he is the, has the perfect temperament and calm demeanor to help a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. I know he's not going to be perfect for the New York media market. He's not exactly comfortable in front of the cameras. He's not going to be forthcoming with information, but we've been through that before with Todd Bowles. You see that with Bill Belichick, of course, up in New England, even though it's a different media market. I still think that Mike McCarthy would be as good a hire as any and a guy that would be around for five or, say, eight years to try to make a run at a Super Bowl when the Jets eventually get their roster back up. So Mike McCarthy is my number two coach, my number one coach, and I know you're going to call me crazy, Daniel. Jet fans aren't don't think this is realistic, and I understand why. It's offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, Josh McDaniels. You know, the Patriots are primed again for another deep Super Bowl, another deep playoff run, possibly going to a Super Bowl. And the issue is going to be if they do get to an AFC championship game or they do qualify for the Super Bowl, is he going to really be able to interview with the Jets, go through that hiring process? And, again, you you alluded to it, Daniel. You already backtracked and, and reneged on his, on his uh, promise to the Indianapolis Colts. And do you really trust him? to be a man of his word, especially coming from that Belichick state of mind where basically he has no loyalty or morals whatsoever. So, but as far as a coaching candidate, I think, I think that Josh McDaniels do wonders for Sam Darnold. I mean, his return to new England, there's never been a Super Bowl in which the Patriots won when McDaniels was not on the staff. And I think that's not just a coincidence. I think he really is that innovative as a coordinator. And I know he had, up and down years is two seasons with the Denver Broncos left a lot to be desired. But look, he was then the youngest coach in the NFL. He has grown tremendously since that point in the seven, seven to eight years since that. And I really think he would make a terrific next coach. If it's not for the jets, then it could be for somebody else. Well, you know, Rick, uh, that's not a bad top five with the exception of number one. And I will state that, <laughs> you know, Josh McDaniel, uh, you know, as brilliant of an offensive coordinator as he is, uh, already has opportunity with the Denver Broncos for two years, and of course they didn't—he didn't last that long over there in Denver. Um, I, I still believe how he treated the Colts at the last minute was wrong, uh, and you know he's already put himself into head coaching purgatory because obviously when you have already been told that, or you've already been hurt hearing that he's going to sign with the Colts to become their new head coach, and then at the last minute or two that he reneges and goes back to new England. And, you know, it, you know, if you didn't want to go to the Colts or if you felt that, uh, you know, the Colts were not the place you wanted to be, then you should have just said, I, I uh, take my name off the list of the Indianapolis Colts head coaching search. He did not do that. He just abruptly went back to new England who gave him a better deal uh, whether or not Bill Belichick does uh, leave New England one day, maybe it's next year, maybe it's uh, after the playoffs. You never know when he's going to uh, say goodbye. But the point is, is that Josh McDaniels, uh, while you know a very good offensive coordinator, as I've said already, you don't know if you're going to get bamboozled. And I think that's the one thing right now is going against McDaniels getting a head coaching job in the NFL because of how he treated the Colts. And I just don't think. Uh, it's going to be uh, you know anyone else in the NFL giving him a shot, with the exception of the Patriots. So whether he wants to wait a year, two years, five years for Bill Belichick to say uh, so long and I'll see you uh, never, 
I think that's when he'll get his head, his NFL head coaching job is when Bill Belichick does officially call it quits. Now, I have a top five myself, and I think we're going to be equal here um, with some of our picks here. But at the same time, uh, one of those picks is not Josh McDaniel because, like we've already said, what uh, he did to the Colts. Uh, but as of right now, uh, my top five, and uh, we'll get to the top two because I think those are the more credible uh, picks, yet I wouldn't mind them going after Eric uh, Bieniemy coming from the Chiefs. As you've already said, uh, now a branch is coming from the Andy Reid coaching uh, disciples uh, from Mr. Andy Reid. He has done a fantastic job with both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. He's not won that elusive Super Bowl title yet, but still, though, Andy Reid is very much respected in the NFL. And I would like to see uh, this person get an interview, which I probably, I'm assuming he will. Um, so that's probably number five. Now, once again, you know, these picks, it's not like, you know, who's ranked first or who's ranked fifth. This is just our picks to see what's, you know, what's out there. Now, uh, another one that uh, it will interest me. Uh, is the number four pick, and that for me that is, and that is uh, what Freddie Kitchens has done as interim. Excuse me, not Freddie Kitchens. Excuse me, Greg Williams. What he has done with Cleveland when Hugh Jackson got fired, interim head coach of the Cleveland Browns, and um, and we all know that the head coaching position in Cleveland is still up in the air because they have not given anybody from uh, Hugh Jackson's staff uh, the automatic. Uh, you're, you're it. We're going to hire you permanently. And he's had a good rapport during the season with Baker Mayfield. So if the Jets might steal somebody, and this is a dark horse, uh, that'd be Greg Williams. Here, here's my third pick. And this is coming from uh, the former head coach of Texas Tech. And that particular gentleman uh, who has done many great things, not just with Baker Mayfield, but also with um, Pat Mahomes, who's now the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is Mr. Cliff Kingsbury. Now, this gentleman has been uh, probably, you might say, a guru of some sorts to get the best out of his players, and especially from the quarterback position. This is a major dark horse, in my opinion, because I feel like if none of the other selections are going to pander out, then why not go after him? And, and here's something I just recently saw that was just put up on Twitter. That apparently, as head coach of Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury was asked a question at the time when it was Sports Nation with Michelle Beadle that would he flirt with future players' mothers while you know talking to them and bring them over to uh, you know, to br- try and bring them over to Texas Tech on a permanent basis, and you know he chuckled, he laughed, and he says, "Well, that's when that that's what I have to do to get these players to play uh, for Texas Tech. Then by all means, that's what I'll have to do." Now, obviously, it's a joke, but you know what? Still, though, this is a guy that is going is willing to do anything and everything to get the players that he wants. Now, I don't think he'll be doing that, you know, with the NFL to get someone's uh, mother uh, to come over and, you know, give him the the cute wink or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, look, it doesn't hurt to try and it doesn't hurt to at least go, you know, go after the type of players that he wants to make this football team uh, into something special. So and at the same time, you know, if he can turn Sam Darnold into a, 
you know, a major star and a major stud, which he's already starting to show from what he has done this year so far uh, when he's healthy. You know, so be it. Let's go for it. Let's have some fun, and let's go for it. Now, the top two uh, are definitely ones that are quarterback-friendly and has done wonderful things with quarterbacks in the past when they were or are in the NFL. Number two is definitely Jim Harbaugh. Look, before everything went kablooey in San Francisco, you have Jim Harbaugh, who has a quarterback. He's a quarterback of the past. He has a system meant to fit the quarterback. Why do you think Colin Kaepernick was so successful? Why do you think he was out there and led the Niners to a Super Bowl, their sixth Super Bowl, even though they didn't win it? But still, though, it's a situation where you have – well, I shouldn't say the sixth Super Bowl, probably like, what, fourth or fifth or something like that. I've lost count how many Super Bowls (laughs) that uh, the 49ers have won. But, you know, Jim Harbaugh has shown um, definitely – if you could take a guy like Colin Kaepernick and turn him into this big-time quarterback that, you know, sadly lost his way because Harbaugh sadly was let go uh, because of the stupid rift he had between uh, him and the general manager, which, of course, if I was the owner, who do you get rid of first? Well, I would have gotten rid of the general manager. I would have kept Jim Harbaugh because Jim Harbaugh's coaching is what's leading the Niners to victories and – what was it, three uh, NFC title uh, chances in, in uh, four years? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. That was a no-brainer, but he, he went the wrong way. So Jim Harbaugh, I truly believe he can definitely make Sam Darnold into a better quarterback. Not, and, you know, Southern California kid, I don't know where the Harbaugh's are originally from, but if they are from California, then you know what? But, but, no, I think they're from Michigan, excuse me. But anyway – um, you know, if you can turn Colin Kaepernick into a great quarterback as Jim Harbaugh has done, then by all means, bring him over for Sam Darnold. And number one will always be, in my opinion at the moment, Mike McCarthy. I, I think Mike McCarthy, you can say whatever you want, what happened towards the end of his coaching career with the Packers, uh, the little fallout he had between him and Aaron Rodgers. But if it wasn't for Mike McCarthy, then Aaron Rodgers would not have the Super Bowl that he won. So all you can say is is that for the Jets, Mike McCarthy or Jim Harbaugh would be my top two choices to try and land one of the top two choices, in my opinion, to you know land the head coaching position for the Jets. Um, I think Klingsbury is a uh, a huge dark horse, but BM uh I cannot say his name unfortunately. Um, yeah, you, you and me both. It's not an easy one. No, it's not Eric Beniemi. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, we'll 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 go with that for now. You know, they put the Jets put in a request to have him. You know, interviewed. He's the offensive coordinator for the key, for the Chiefs. And look what he's done with Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes has just had a fantastic rookie year, which I think he should win Rookie of the Year award. And you know, why not give this guy a chance? I understand that some people are they don't want. Uh, you know, coordinators anymore. It's time to get a head coach with the experience uh, of being a head coach. And to be honest, those two, as I've said already, Mike McCarthy is my number one and Jim Harbaugh is my number two. Uh, Though one of those two would be perfect in my opinion for the New York Jets to bring over uh, and to help Sam Darnold become the franchise quarterback. We know he already is. And Daniel, I can't, I can't disagree with that list. 
The you know I if I have one regret look I made this list before that Cliff Kingsbury article came out about Jamal Adams saying that he would be a good hire about the Jets uh, at least giving him an opportunity to interview for the job I agree with you Daniel I think that Kingsbury as far as a dark horse candidate if things don't pan out with uh, Mike McCarthy and things don't pan out with Jim Harbaugh. I really think that he could be a sneaky good candidate, a guy that, as you mentioned, what he did for Patrick Mahomes, how Texas Tech had ranked in the top 15 in all of FBS in, in college offenses. I mean, that's not something that you can ignore. You know, my only concern was he, of course, uh, was the head coach of Texas Tech, now the offensive coordinator at USC. He just accepted that position not too long ago. So I thought he would definitely be out of the running and maybe not on NFL teams' radars until a couple of years from now, but the fact that his name even got mentioned and he's going to get some consideration just shows you how highly thought of he is in NFL circles. And I think that the Jets are going to give him a long, hard look. If McCarthy, for whatever reason, he slips away to the Browns, he sits out for a year, Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan. This is the guy that I really feel, if you want to say I would have Eric Bieniemy as the number five, I would have him as 5A in Kingsbury. I really think that highly of him. I think he is a fantastic, fantastic candidate. And uh, I was going to say, while we're in the uh, the trivia mode, and I'm not going to ask you a trivia questions. We already got that one out of the way. Uh, oddly enough, Pat Mahomes, which you, who we were talking about, his father, of course, by the same name, Pat Mahomes, is a former major league pitcher, uh, pitched for the Mets, I believe, and even uh, the Minnesota Twins, if I'm not mistaken. So you can see that Patrick Mahomes, just like Sam Darnold with his grandfather, uh, athletic uh, genes, they run in the family. And I think that uh, Kinsbury, if he ultimately did get offered and accepted the position, I think he'd be thrilled to work with a young quarterback like Sam Darnold. But, again, uh, you know, the Jets, just because of these last hirings, will go back to Al Groh, uh, you know, Eric Mangini, even Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles. Uh, any of these guys are all coordinators and didn't have prior head coaching experience. That's the only thing that would scare me off him just based on the Jets track record of hiring coaches without prior head coaching experience. Yeah, I agree. Um, And once again, you know, I think this is the thing that we all have to be aware of is that, you know, we, they've gone through the coordinators route twice already, obviously, um, it started off with uh, Rex Ryan, and don't get me wrong, I-, I thought Rex Ryan did a hell of a job. Uh, I thought Rex Ryan, uh, the first two years as head coach of the Jets, leading them to the AFC Championship game, sadly falling short of reaching the ultimate goal is to get to the Super Bowl, and then, of course, the last four years falling apart, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, here comes Todd Bowles, a 10-6 and record. Should have been 11-5, and five, gone to the playoffs, but it was Rex that knocked off the Jets over in Western New York because, once again, uh, you had to be aware of, of course, anything and everything that could happen and did happen, sadly. And then you thought, okay, you didn't make the playoffs. You finished the season 10-6, and six, so you're hoping for an improved year next year, and then you make the playoffs, and then everything fell apart. Everything fell apart, and then all of a sudden – uh, they stripped down the roster. They decided to go the youth route. And you would think to yourself that, okay, you know, we're, it's a rebuilding year. It, it, everything's going to be, uh, you know, rebuilt mode and everything. And, of course, unfortunately, uh, you know, 5-11 and 11 was the last two years. This past year was 4-12. and 12, And, you know, it had to be done. It had to be done that Todd Bowles 
you know, he had to lose his job. And now this is where we are, Rick. We are now down to interviews. And let me just say this. I don't want Christopher Johnson to make a rash decision. At the same time, he should not be the one making the decisions. This should be all in Mike McCagnan. He is your general manager. He has football uh, people surrounding him. These are the ones that must make the decision. And then inform Christopher Johnson who should be available to take over the head coach of the New York Jets because we cannot have Christopher Johnson. I understand this is his football team, and we understand the family owns the team. But once again, got to make sure that the right choice is being made. We cannot go half-cocked and assume this guy uh, that has been interviewed will get the job because you know his credentials are less than stellar than what the other candidates have. And look, it's funny. I see some parallels between this jet, this current Jets ownership uh, with Christopher Johnson as the acting owner in place of Woody Johnson. And today I, did, I wrote a story on the Jets 247 sports page on Facebook about Bill Belichick. And today being the 19th anniversary when he resigned after one day, not even one day as the head coach of the New York Jets. And, you know, th- again, there's a lot of parallels between him and what M- Josh McDaniels happened with Indianapolis. And really what it boiled down to is organizational control and ownership. And I think that Belichick saw in the Johnson family, he saw a family that wasn't a football family, that meddled in a lot of decisions, that didn't trust the staff to make the proper uh, adjustments. And for a head coach like Belichick who wanted personnel control, it's been a, a major reason for why he's had – such sustained success in New England is because he does have uh, free reign over the roster. You know, if they, they want to get rid of a player, they want to take a chance on a, a player that like a Josh Gordon that had off the field problems, he's able to do that. He has the leeway and the, and the autonomy to do that. And I think that Belichick realized at a, a young age that given the Johnsons, how they conduct their business, how the power structure is set up, that that wouldn't be possible in New York. And I think that was a large reason for why. And look, the way he went about it was just uh, gutless. I felt like he just left the Jets hanging. He made a promise to former Jets owner Leon Hess that he was paid a million-dollar bonus with the understanding he would stay on and and succeed Parcells as the head coach. So he reneged on that promise. And, and again, that really was the start of what was a, a very bitter, nasty Jets-Patriots rivalry. And But, you know, from, from some standpoint, I can't, I guess, in a way, fault Belichick because he understood that the Johnson family wasn't going to sit back and let him do his job and the general manager do his job and allow him as the head coach to have some say in personnel. And here we are 19 years later with another Johnson family running running the show owning the team and now making all these mandates as far as the head coach will report to him, the general manager will report to him, the head coach is not, it's not on the table as far as the head coach having say in personnel. You put all these restrictions and all these uh, mandates on a job that's not, that's right now vacant, that you have a Super Bowl winning coach that could be a, a strong candidate and you're boxing yourself out. I really think it's a mistake from Christopher Johnson's standpoint. And I think he has to soften his stance. He has to come out and clarify those comments because for me, if I'm Mike McCarthy and I'm coming in a situation with the Jets and I hear that from the ownership group before I even meet with them, that to me would be enough to scare him off and make him think, why would I ever go to New York? It's a pressure cooker dealing with the media all the time, a fan base that's starved for a Super Bowl. They're not going to be satisfied with anything less. And on top of that, I'm not going to have any say over the personnel. 
all those things are working against Mike McCarthy. And, and honestly, I can't blame him if he, if he says, you know what, I'd rather sit out of here, uh, evaluate my options, or I'm going to take a chance on Baker Mayfield and reunite with some of my buddies from Green Bay in that front office and, and go, go to Cleveland. I agree, and I think that's the one thing that uh, Christopher Johnson needs to uh, you know, dial back. Cannot allow himself to go out and still claim, well, we're going to keep it the way as is. No, the last time that, that was tried, uh, you had a failure, a failure that continues to con- that will continue on here that we don't need as Jet fans and you don't need as members of the New York Jets media because – you know, we don't want to talk about all, all the negativity. We've got to have at least an opportunity to talk about something great and something good. And if that does happen, and you know, then everything is right as rain, and it, it, it's just a situation where this Jets team needs to start moving forward. You cannot be mired as, you know, the simple, same old, not so much it's boring, just the continued mistakes on the field the negativity continuing on and the belief that this team will never ever make the playoffs, let alone, you know, make a big playoff run to get to the Super Bowl, Rick. And I think that's the one thing that is going to be hampering this Jets team. Yeah, and again, I know we only have a minute left, but Jet fans are sick of getting sold on hope. They're sick of getting sold on upside. If it's a young coordinator with a promising future, they want a tangible guy with a proven track record, a guy that has been to potentially won a Super Bowl, and in the history of the NFL, there's never been a coach that has won a Super Bowl in two different cities, never. And, you know, if Jet fans are superstitious, maybe they feel that way about Mike McCarthy. But when you look up and down the list of candidates, he is as strong as they come. And Christopher Johnson, instead of turning him away from this position, should do everything in his power to try to attract him to be the Jets' next head coach. All right, everybody, and this has been the Jets podcast on 247sports.com. Uh, we gave you our opinions about who should be uh, the top five picks uh, to become the next head coach of the New York Jets. This is the, the special coaching candidates uh, carousel discussion as we talk about who we believe should be the ones picked to take over as head coach of the New York Jets. For Rick Lockland, I'm Daniel Foyerstein. We'll talk to you next time. Take care, and bye-bye for now.